and welcome to ADHD Fest, the podcast all about adult ADHD with a little bit of law of attraction and self-development thrown in there. How are we all this week? I am doing fine. I got a bit of a headache because I had a really, really heavy, weird sleep this morning, which is what today's podcast is going to be themed on. I do try and make these podcasts every week, something that relates to something that has happened in my life, in my ADHD world that is real this week. So I'm not just plucking them out of the air. I want to make them relatable to me and what's happening in my life right now in the hopes that these are the same things that are affecting you if you've got ADHD or you suspect that you've got ADHD. With that said, I do want to point out that I'm absolutely not a doctor. I'm not a medical medical professional. I am just someone that was diagnosed with ADHD age 34, which is two years ago now. If you can do the maths, well done, you'll know how old I am. Uh, it was two years ago now and I have absolutely hyper-focused on ADHD and I've also hyper-focused on myself and how my mind works in that time. I've done a lot of inner work and I feel like if you're at the start of your journey or even if you just haven't had the same amount of time that I've had at my fingertips to look into this, then maybe I can help you. And also, I like to make my examples like real-world examples that I know have definitely worked for me and I feel like they can definitely work for you too because I'm not the expert and I'm not going to sit here and tell you what the perfect thing to do is because I think a lot of the time that's the problem is we want to know the perfect thing to do and then we're told by professionals who aren't neurodivergent this is what you should be doing ideally in a perfect world and we try it and we can't do it we're not, that is the whole point, is we struggle with doing things exactly as they should be done. So I'm here to tell you my ADHD way that I do it, that works for me, that is realistic, and hopefully you can take some points away from that and use it yourself. We're aiming for improvement, not perfection, because when we improve that little bit, we prove to ourselves that, hey, I can do this, I can be kind of consistent in something and it has made my life a little bit better and then we do that for a while and then guess what the next step up becomes a little bit more reachable so that's what we're trying to do in this podcast over ADHD Fest we're not trying to go from 0 to 100 we're trying to take that next step on the ladder to just be like hey I'm not doing that I'm not eating the absolute worst that I possibly can I'm not sleeping one hour a night and then all through the day I'm but I'm also not eating perfectly and I'm also not sleeping exactly eight hours at the perfect time. I'm just taking that next step up to improvement. So that being said, let's get into it. Sleep. My personal story, why I've chosen this subject this week is my sleep has been pretty rubbish for a long time now for several different reasons. I did have COVID at one point, so obviously that didn't help. But also I managed to get into like really bad sleep habits. I scroll, my scrolling on TikTok, games on my phone is absolutely terrible, especially when I'm tired, I do it more. I don't know why that is because what I realized is it actually makes me more tired. So I tend to scroll when I'm tired, which therefore keeps me up later, which makes me more tired the next day. And then I'm so tired. I just don't want to think I want to switch my brain off. I end up scrolling even more. So it's a vicious cycle. And I realized this quite a while ago, but I still couldn't get out of that habit. Anyway, I'm in a book club 
um, I've spoken about it several times on here. It's a podcast book club by Francesca Amber. Um, her main podcast is called um, Law of Attraction Changed My Life. And then she's got the book club, which is like a paid for subscription podcast. Um, and at the moment, we're doing a book by Alan Carr called, what is it called? How to Stop Emotional Eating? Something like that. It's by Alan Carr anyway. You'll be able to find it. Emotional Eating, Alan Carr, you'll be able to find that book. And it's all about um, addiction, particularly to food. But he covers, he's got loads of books about all different types of addictions, including smoking. And as we're reading through this book, I was trying to apply it to my scrolling. And I was thinking, if I was to read this, but replace like junk food with scrolling my phone, does it work in the same way? And just using some of those concepts, I I absolutely recommend the books, by the way. He is great at what he does and I don't know how it works, but I was trying to apply it to my scrolling and trying to like improve my sleep because I know it's bad for me. We know these things are bad for us, but we feel powerless to stop. And the truth is we're not powerless to stop. It's our own mind is tricking us. Our own anxiety is tricking us. I know that when I'm tired, I'm going to start scrolling. And a lot of the times I know I'm painfully tired and I'm fighting sleep. I know how tired I am. All I do is complain all day about how tired I am. And then I go to bed and as soon as I'm in bed, I'm awake. So I'm wide awake. So what I started trying to do was go to bed really early. So I'm actually in bed by nine. And then my brain wakes up then at nine which then it does all its wearing, it whizzes round, but then by 10, I actually start to get tired. So I start my mind buzzing at nine. By 10, half 10, I'm feeling tired. But what I do instead of then turning the lights off, close my eyes, go into sleep, I panic and I start scrolling or I start going on YouTube or I start, I don't know what it is. It's like an automatic reaction. And I know that I'm painfully tired and I fight I fight to stay awake so reading this book just made me I know that consciously I know it in my mind I know it when I'm doing it but it made me take a step step back and be like no really know it let's really look at it let's really think what are the thoughts that are going through my mind when I'm scrolling what do I think I'm getting out of it obviously I do it when I'm tired and I think it switches off my brain and I think it gives me comfort but if we look at that situation realistically, and while I'm talking about this, you can be thinking about your situation. What do you do that keeps you up at night that you know isn't good for you and you know is stopping you from getting a sound night's sleep that you are doing anyway? So it really made me take a step back and think, what is going through my mind when I do it? And then when I came to do it that night, I really was conscious of what is going through my mind. Am I feeling more relaxed? The answer is no absolutely not feeling more relaxed I'm feeling more stressed because I know that I'm doing something that's self-sabotaging okay am I getting pleasure out of it Mm, a little bit like I get a little bit of a buzz when I do it but actually the pleasure is just the relief of oh I'm doing this thing again this familiar thing the actual pleasure isn't coming from it it could easily be replaced with something else pleasurable that's more calming And then I was thinking, okay, so am I getting any real benefit out of this? Like, what is the benefit I'm getting out of it? And the answer is none. Even scrolling TikTok, sometimes you get a nugget of information. But when you're that tired, you're really not taking it in. You're really not going to remember it. The best time to get those nuggets of information, if you do enjoy TikTok and stuff, is during the day. That's the best time when you're able to take it in fully. 
So anyway, I realised this and I thought, what could I replace it with that's pleasurable? And I thought, reading. I actually really enjoy reading. I always want to read, but I put it off because of ADHD paralysis and overwhelm. So I'm going to replace it with reading. So last night, I got in bed at nine o'clock. My mind was whirring, but I thought, actually, I'm not even going to let my mind run for an hour. I'm just going to start reading now because I'm interested in this book. So I read. I read. Well, for one, I... Theo and I have been reading Harry Potter every night together for summer. So I always read that out loud. So I already was in the reading mode when he went to bed. So I opened up my own book after that and started reading. And I kid you not, I fell asleep reading the book. So that is how tired I actually am. (laughs) I'm so starved of sleep that I actually fell asleep at nine o'clock, even though I wasn't trying to. Probably about half past nine by the time I got to sleep. Because I'd fallen asleep at nine, and usually I don't fall asleep until 12, one in the morning, and then Theo wakes me up at seven, my body clock is already built for those hours. So guess what time I woke up? Four. Four in the morning. I was absolutely wide awake, but I had a lovely sleep between nine and 4am. I had the best sleep ever. It wasn't restless, which I'm going to get into in a minute, all the things that are reported by people with ADHD, what problems they have with their sleep what is most reported and restlessness is one of them they keep waking during the night I didn't have any of that which I normally do but I woke at four o'clock wide awake and thought well I can't get up at four so I made myself go back to sleep and then I went into that like deep sleep where you have like crazy dreams after you've woken up and that's why I'm feeling a bit rubbish this morning but what I learned from it is I can absolutely do this where I don't scroll I can absolutely do it. I I went all night and I didn't miss scrolling. And this morning I haven't scrolled when I woke up. So I can absolutely stop. And I think I am pretty much, I I can say that I'm addicted to doing it, but it was easy not to do it. And if I did that at a more appropriate time, say like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, I could easily fall asleep then just reading my book and then wake up at an appropriate hour. I might even wake up at like 6am and just get up. Imagine how amazing that would actually be. So I'm going to get into now the problems that generally ADHDers have reported with sleep. And then we're going to talk about why it's important that we do find a way around our sleep problems and to improve them. Remember, it's not perfection. It's improvement. Anything is a win. Um, And then we're going to talk about real ways that we can use to combat that. Like in reality, we're not going to put down our phone. This is what the experts tell you is put down your phone two hours before, no devices, no TV, nothing, two hours before you want to go to sleep. I know realistically that's not going to happen for me. I'm not going to stick to that because I'm going to feel deprived. So we're going to get to those ideas later, but we're going to tweak them for the reality of an ADHD. So first of all, let's get into what we might experience with ADHD and problems with sleep. So it's really common to report three problems, which are insomnia, which is trying to get to sleep, you have real problems actually initially getting to sleep. Then there's disrupted sleep and restlessness. So basically you're tossing and turning all night. You're not getting that deep REM sleep, that sleep that really nourishes you, or you keep waking up. I have that a lot, waking up in the middle of the night, especially when it's hotter in the summer I find it really hard and I wake up because I need all the covers on top of me and we'll talk about that later but I also breathe like I'm too hot it's just too hot for me to sleep so we'll get into that insomnia the problems getting to sleep 
mainly are caused by um, mind chatter. That's what a lot of ADHDs report. I've always said that I am a night owl. In the morning, I cannot wake up. I really, my mind doesn't kick into gear for a good few hours and I'll complain all day that I'm tired and then I'll get in bed and suddenly I'm full of ideas. I'm full of let's do this, let's do that, let's do some DIY, why don't we plan a book, why don't we plan a podcast. That is the time that my mind wants to switch on and that is really commonly reported. It's not just me. I'm assuming it's probably you as well if you're listening. Our minds switch on instantly and because they're so busy um, that's what keeps us awake. It bounces over and over. I'm not even going to tell you the song that was going round and round my head a couple of nights ago because I know it'll be stuck in yours. But safe to say, I sang this song in my head. Just as, in fact, it wasn't even the whole song. It was just the same chorus over and over again. It's got to be a thousand times. It it had to be. I just could not quieten my mind. Then the restlessness. Now I haven't read this anywhere. But I'm just making this connection myself. Again, I'm not a medical professional. What I have read is that ADHD is really comorbid with restless leg syndrome. So I get that myself. I've always had restless legs, especially when I'm lying down trying to get asleep at night. They just feel so uncomfortable. They feel tight. I've got to keep them moving all the time. So I'm guessing it's really common in women as well. So I'm guessing that you could suffer with that and that definitely contributes to my sleep problems, trying to both get to sleep and also being restless in the night. I move around a lot. Um, also, a lot of ADHDs report problems with their joints. We have um, hyper-extended joints. A lot of people people have that Ehlers-Danlos. I can't, I can't pronounce it, but it's a syndrome where there's a problem with basically being double jointed what we would have called in the old days oh the double jointed the dead bendy hyperextended I do have that as well it doesn't cause me much pain but I know a lot of people do have that problem again I haven't read that that contributes to sleep but I just know from real life of course it contributes to sleep problems if you have hyperextended joints it's really hard to get to sleep and also you can have really um what's the word really bad um sleep positions so I used to have a lot of lower back pain I don't anymore I went to the physio to get it sorted but everywhere I looked it was like are you sleeping on your side are you sleeping on your front this is very bad posture for your back but because I do have hyperextended in particular hips I find it really hard to sleep on my back my legs always want to roll outwards I always want to stretch out my hips so of course that's going to contribute that's just common sense restless leg Problems with um, your joints can absolutely contribute to restless sleep. Also, I know a lot of women struggle with PMS and period pains and PMDD. The stress, the high stress, absolutely can mess with your sleep. Anxiety will also mess with your sleep. Then there are problems with waking up. So I read a stat that was quite surprising in the Attitude blog, A-D-D-I-T-U-D-E, Attitude Mag. Um, online blog they said that 80% of ADHD adults report waking up several times up until 4am so I can absolutely relate to this so many times I'm waking I'm tossing and turning and I'm thinking what time is it it must be so early in the morning and then I look and it's 4am nearly every time I do that last check of my phone it's 4am And then what happens is, this is their phrase, not mine, we fall into what's called the sleep of the dead. 
And this is like a deep, deep sleep that we find it really hard to wake from. And we sleep through alarms. We sleep through family members coming in trying to wake us. And basically, when we do wake up, we're in a deep brain fog. I know for a fact, I have to wake up when my son wakes up. I have to get him to school. He wants his breakfast. So regardless of whether I'm in that sleep of the dead or not, it's time to get up. And the problem is when you wake right in the middle of that deep sleep, your brain takes a fair few hours to catch up. It happens, well, if you wake up, I don't know if this happened to you, but it has to me. Sometimes I wake up and it's like 6am and I look at my clock and I feel wide awake and I don't know how it's happened, but I feel wide awake. But because it's like 6am and I know my son doesn't get up till 7, half 7, I feel cheated if I get up now. I'm like, oh no, I'm always so tired. I'm going to sleep my maximum that I can. So I go back to sleep. And honestly, those days, those are the ones that I feel the worst, the absolute worst. And if you've read the book, um, Five Minute Rule by Mel Robbins, she gives you the science behind that. And it's the fact that you are waking up refreshed because you've completed a sleep cycle. And when you go back into that, say you, you snooze your arm or the example that I gave, when you go back into that, you're entering a new sleep cycle and it means you wake up right in the middle of it and that causes your brain to, um, there's a, a word for it, but basically it causes it to be really foggy, really tired and it takes it several hours to actually get up to full speed. So then of course, when we do wake up like that, we are irritable, we are angry, not me of course, never me. Honestly, my husband, <laughs> I will lay into him in the mornings because they all come in and get in our bed, I'll get him sorted and I just want five more minutes with my eyes closed and they're play fighting in the bed next to me and I could scream, I really could scream. <laughs> so I end up just stomping off to the bathroom, I am so mad. So yeah, it creates us starting our day on a really bad foot and it's just not a nice way to start the day and of course it would take you a few hours to get out of that funk. So these are just a lot of problems for us to combat with but I promise you it's actually a lot easier than you think to take that first step on the ladder and just improve it a little bit. And one of the main things we want to consider here is it's medically proven that a lack of sleep, that tiredness, really does exacerbate and contribute to the worsening of ADHD symptoms. You don't need me to tell you that. I know that you've had those nights where you haven't slept at all or you've had a week where you've just got very little sleep and your ADHD is worse than ever. You're losing things every two minutes. You're leaving jobs half done everywhere. You don't know whether you're coming or going. Your ADHD is just 10 times worse when you're tired. So here's where we get on to the solutions. We've spent all this time talking about the bad bits. I'm going to tell you about the good bits now. These are the solutions and these are for you to try. ADHD brains can be tricky. They're very unique. That's what makes them amazing. And it's frustrating at first when you're trying to work out what works for my brain. It can be so frustrating because you feel like you've tried everything. Believe me, you haven't tried everything. And even if you've tried everything once or if you feel like you know it, people can tell you something. If you haven't physically tried it, don't poo-poo it. Don't say, oh, I know that. Oh, that'll never work for me. Physically try it because you'll be surprised at the things that work that you think you, your anxiety tells you that it won't work. Give it a go. If it doesn't work, that's fine. Move on to the next thing, but actually try it. And it is frustrating trying to work out what works uniquely for your unique brain. But once you find the thing that works, it's like magic. It's like a magic spell. It's well worth trial and error. It's well worth 
putting the effort in to just be like, okay, let's give this a go. Let's be open. Because once you find those magic things, they really are magic. And once we can get to a point where we minimize the bad sides, the downsides of ADHD, then those beautiful parts of ADHD really shine. And that's when we can start to become thankful for it. So on saying that, here are my realistic ideas. So number one might not sound that realistic, but bear with me. It's set specific times for waking up and going to sleep and stick to them rigidly. Now, that is the experts that tell us this, but I'm going to just tweak it a little bit for us and tell you how I made that work for me. So I picked my absolute rigid times for waking up and going to sleep. Now, the morning was an easy one because obviously I get no choice in it. Theo gets up when he gets up. School starts when it starts. So that's a hard 7.30 for me during the week. At the weekends, I change it to 8.30. I give myself an extra hour, but nine times out of 10, Theo's in at 7.30. So I'm awake, but I just, I'm in bed till 8.30. And then the other time I picked for the night is 11.30 hard. That's the latest I'm allowed to stay up. So just because I've picked those times doesn't mean I stick to them, (laughs) but it does help. So basically what I've done is I've got an Alexa in my bedroom. If you've got ADHD, you really need to invest in technological support. I have Alexas in a few different rooms. They're not that expensive. I just get the dot ones and I get them on like Black Friday or the Prime summer sale thing. And they're like £30. So, but they're well worth it. They're well worth their weight because they just do jobs. They do jobs, they give you reminders and it's really helpful when you've got ADHD. So I have set on my bedroom Alexa, bedtime and waking time. There's no alarm in the morning because I don't need one, but she knows when I'm waking up and she and she's set on low, so it's a very low volume. At nighttime, my 11.30 is cut off. So I've got a reminder at 11 that says, get ready for sleep. It's time to get ready for sleep. And then I've got a reminder at 11.30 that says, okay, time to sleep. And obviously I don't always get to sleep by 11.30, but I've never turned it off. It's on every single day and she physically says it. The reminder at 11 tells my brain, okay, this is the time that you promised yourself. This is the time that you should start winding down. I do, mentally I do, even if I'm in the middle, a lot of the times I'm scrolling and I find it hard to stop. I've already said that. But I know in my mind, this is the time that I promised myself that I'd be winding down. I really should wind down. And even though I'm getting to sleep at like 12, 1 in the morning, I know for a fact if I didn't have those reminders, I would be up until 3 and 4 in the morning because there'd be no, there's nothing to remind me that you did promise yourself you'd be asleep by half 11. Like, obviously, I feel guilt if I'm going to sleep at one and I promised myself I'd go to sleep at half 11. But if there wasn't that reminder and there wasn't the guilt, I'd just be, there's no, there is no barrier. There is no line I've crossed. There's four in the morning, may as well be six in the morning. Like, by what my over, my own rule. I've got that reminder every night of this is my own rule. And to be honest, even though I don't hit it every night, I do hit it a lot of the time. So especially on weeknights, weeknights, I do hit it. And if I don't hit the 11.30, absolutely by 12 o'clock, I am asleep or trying to go asleep. So having those reminders and set bedtimes does help. Even if you don't hit them perfectly, this is not all or nothing. 
just have them in place. It's better than not having them in place at all. It's a reminder and it keeps you on track. And slowly but surely, I have been hitting it more and more. And I don't give up when I don't hit it. And last night, obviously, I smashed it. I was <laughs> was asleep before the reminder even came. So set the reminders, even if you think you're not going to hit them. And make them realistic. Like, in a perfect world, I'd want to be asleep by 10 o'clock. But I know that's not realistic for me. Half 11 is realistic for me. And it's enough sleep for me. If I could sleep at half 11 and I wake up at half 7, that's 8 hours. It's a goal to work towards. And it's a physical reminder it's a sound that tells you this is your goal that you're working towards don't forget about it and even if you don't do it you know that's the goal you're gonna get to eventually the next bit of advice from the professionals was be active during the day and I actually 100% agree with this one and if I was going to get more specific I'd say be active in the morning So my best days, as much as I hate them when I wake up, my absolute best days are school days because I do the school run and then I'm halfway to the gym and I go straight to the gym and I do a class. And those days where I do a physically tiring exercise class first thing in the morning, I always get to sleep earlier that night and I always feel better the next day as well. Absolutely wholeheartedly agree with that. If you haven't got a gym, that's fine. Get out for a good walk. Just make sure you are physically active in the morning it doesn't have to be first thing in the morning for me I get up at half seven and I'm not in the gym class till half nine because I'm like doing school run and breakfast and whatever in between but just have a point before lunchtime where you are going to be physically active and get it all out you don't want to do it too late in the day I tried that I tried after school workouts and honestly I was buzzing and I couldn't sleep all night it kept me up all night don't do that do it early in the day get all that energy out, get that endorphin boost that doesn't affect us quite as much as a neurotypical, but it does affect us and it'll help you focus during the day. There's so many reports looking to the science of how exercise helps ADHD. Any form of exercise, we're not looking for perfection. It's improvement. Go for a walk, run around your garden, jump up and down on your bed, do whatever you've got to do, but get that physical energy out early in the morning reap the rewards during the day and even reap the rewards at night because you'll be that much tireder. Next, I'm going to come to the old notepad and pen. I know you've heard this before and I don't care if you haven't got one next to your bed, then you don't know it. There's a difference between knowing it in your mind and knowing it in reality. I have several notepad and pens by my bed, tiny ones, because obviously there's so much mess on my nightstand, it can't take anymore. So what I got was off Amazon, I got one of them see-through they're phone holders that like attach to the wall. It's like an acrylic plastic phone holder, but I've attached it to the side of my bedside table and in it, I've got the TV remotes because I have got a telly in my room and I've got a teeny tiny notepad, just a little flip pad and a little tiny pen. And that's where it lives. And I've got a backup one as well because I used to have two in there, but I lost it. So have backup ones. Even if you've got just a piece of paper and a pen, just shove it somewhere easy That's where I've got it. And that notepad and pen is just for any of those thoughts where you're drifting off to sleep and you're like, oh my God, I forgot to get a present for such and such. Oh my God, I forgot to pay that bill. Oh my God, I forgot. Whatever it is, that's going to keep you awake if you keep it in your head. Write it down. It might make you... Sometimes I used to think, oh, if I write it down, it's going to make me stress about it more. It's going to make me think about it. No, writing it down just gets it out of your brain and onto somewhere permanent so you don't have to worry so much about it. 
get that notebook, pad and pen and utilize it. Don't use it for no reason. Like don't be going to bed and be like, oh, I'll get out my notepad and pen and I'll make a list because that's going to activate your brain. This is only for things your brain is trying to tell you urgently and it's disturbing you from going to sleep. That's what it's for. Then you're going to get it out and you're going to write it down in there and the next day you can think about it and you give yourself permission to just completely let it go right now because it's time for sleep. Next is book reading. Now this might be a little bit personal to me, I don't know, but it's what's worked for me so I'm going to share it with you. I mentioned it earlier in the pod that I read Harry Potter with my son and honestly reading out loud calms me, it calms him and he is very hyper. It calms him right down and then I am ready to read a book afterwards. So maybe you can join in, um, you can listen to an audio book if you find it hard to transition into reading a physical book. I do find a physical book is much more calming. So maybe have an audio book you can listen to and then transfer from that to reading a physical book. It's very calming activity. But also I want to say, choose a book that is non-fiction and preferably not a biography. So if you can choose something like factual, um, like the one I'm doing in the book club at the moment is um, the emotional eating book. So I'm reading all about emotional eating. It's a factual non-fiction book and it's interesting. So I'm interested in reading it and I want to read it, but it's also not too dopamine stimulating if you know what I mean I'm not trying to get to the next chapter to find out what happens next I'm not like oh my god I've got to carry on reading 10 more pages it's like okay I can stop I've learned about how my stomach works today and that's fine I'm not itching for the next chapter it's not a cliffhanger so try and choose a book that is more factual that way if books aren't for you that's fine try and choose another like boring hobby that has finite endings so I do crochet I either choose a really big one so like a blanket or something so you can it's just repetitive and you're not going to finish it in one night so you're not tempted to try so that would be one or I'll choose something small that I can finish that is satisfying like within half an hour an hour so I know that I'm not going to be tempted to carry on and be like oh just a bit more oh we'll try this next bit you don't want anything too stimulating you want something boring another thing that could help is a weighted blanket so I was talking about before how I always need the blanket on top of me but then on a hot night it can be too much it can keep you awake and that's when you're tossing and turning the way around this I've found is a weighted blanket so if you're using a light blanket on a hot summer night it doesn't feel like comfortable enough like a whole duvet would be whereas a weighted thinner blanket will do that job So that's a tip from me. Another thing you can use is white noise. A lot of people like to listen to like the sound of a fan while they're going to sleep. I personally don't like things like that. But what I use is subliminals. So you find them on YouTube and I'm not affiliated with them at all. And they could be telling me to do anything. I don't know. But I like the channel called Good Vibes. And they have um, subliminal music, but it's at different frequencies and it's meant to help stimulate different things. So one could be healing, one could be um, helps with headaches, helps with sleep. I like to listen to them on my headphones and usually they'll help me just drift off and then I'll semi wake up like after about half an hour and I'll just pull my headphones out and then I can carry on sleeping. That's what I like. But you can also find apps that have 
white noise like calm you could do a nice meditation something to just really relax your nervous system and get your body ready for sleep and one more thing is more of a not to do than a to do and that is to avoid sugary snacks if you can the expert when i was looking was like avoid caffeine and i do avoid caffeine because with the medication i take i can't take caffeine anyway so that's fine for me but i know for a lot of adhders who aren't on stimulants caffeine actually relaxes them and makes them sleepy so i'm not going to include that one here but one thing i will include is sugary snacks try not to have them too late it helps not to eat too late generally but sugar in particular i wouldn't have too late because there's no nutrients in that whatsoever it's not helping your body your sleep is meant to help you heal rebuild get ready for the next day and replenish your energy sugar is only going to slow that process down because your body has to get rid of the sugar so try not to have sugary snacks if possible too late and that is all of my tips for helping with sleep and sleep hygiene you can find a million other articles and tips from experts online and please do and try those things but i just wanted to share some realistic not hard to try things specifically if you're an ADHD because I know the gap from where you might be now to where the experts perfectly want you to be might be so huge that you don't even want to try this is not an all or nothing situation our black and white ADHD thinking I think might be one of the things that holds us back the most it's wonderful because it gives us our sense of justice and a real clear instance of right and wrong but it does hold us back when it comes to self-improvement when it comes to helping ourselves and being compassionate if we get something slightly wrong we instantly tell ourselves we can't do it and it is what it is and we want to use our sense of optimism to be like we can do this let's try this thing that is just that little step ahead and then once you've done it and once you've shown yourself that you are capable the next step doesn't look so big So I hope that's been a helpful podcast for you this week. As always, come and give me your feedback over on Instagram at ADHDfest or on the Facebook group, which is ADHDfest, the group, find your fire, find your flow. I'm also on TikTok and I'm becoming a little bit more active over there and that's ADHD underscore fest. The freebies, as always, are down below. I am loving, 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 loving the Body Doubling podcast, even just for myself, to be honest. (laughs) And is that vain? I don't know. Is it vain? I've been listening back myself and I've been getting so much done and I've been so excited. So hello to everyone that's joining me over there. Please feel free to come and become a member. You can find it in the links below or you can find it on the um, website, adhdfest.com. It's in the Body Doubling membership there and you can join on Patreon, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you should find all that information there. As always, hope you have a wonderful week and I'll see you all next Friday. Bye.